Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the July 25th meeting of the San Francisco County Transportation Authority Board. I'm Rafael Mandelman. I serve as chair of this board. Our vice chair is Mirna Melgar. I want to thank Jaime Echeverry from SFGovTV. Our clerk today is Elijah Saunders. Mr. Clerk, will you please call the roll? Yes, Chair. Commissioner Chan? Present. Chan present. Commissioner Dorsey? Present. Dorsey present. Commissioner Guardia? Gungardia present. Chair Mandelman? Present. Mandelman present. Vice Chair Melgar? Melgar absent. Commissioner Peskin? Present. Peskin present. Commissioner Preston? Present. Preston present. Commissioner Ronan? Yes. Ronan present. Commissioner Safai? Safai absent. Commissioner Stephanie? Yes. Stephanie present. Commissioner Walton? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we Walton uh, present. Chair, we have quorum. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. I think you have a public comment announcement. I do. For members of the public interested in participating in this board meeting, we welcome your attendance here in person in Legislative Chamber, Room 250 in City Hall, or you may watch cable channel 26 or 99, depending on your provider, or stream the meeting live at www.sfgovtv.org. For those wishing to make public comment remotely, the best way to do so is by dialing 415-655-0001, and when prompting, entering access code 2591-446-2834, and then press pound and pound again. You will be able to listen to the meeting in real time. When public comment is called for the item you wish to speak on, press star three to be added to the queue to speak. Do not press star three again, or you will be removed from the queue. When the system says your line is unmuted, the live operator will advise that you will be allowed two minutes to speak. When your two minutes are up, we will move on to the next caller. Calls will be taken in the order in which they're received. Best practices are to speak slowly, clearly, and turn down the volume of any televisions or radios around you. Public comment for items on this agenda will be taken first from members of the public and attendants in the legislative chamber, and then afterwards from the remote speaker's queue on the telephone line. Thank you. Thanks, Mr. Clerk. It sounds like we might have a, a line we need to mute, maybe. Um, now, I have a note that says I'm supposed to excuse Commissioner Chan, but I think that is wrong because I see Commissioner Chan, but I do need to excuse uh, Vice Chair Melgar. Um, so I'm going to do that unless there are objections. And then um, before calling our next item as chair, I want to invoke Rule 3.26 from the Rules of Order to limit total public comment per item to 30 minutes for uh, today's meeting. Each speaker will have two minutes to speak on a given item unless I indicate otherwise at, um, at the start of that item. Um, Mr. Clerk, will you please call our next item? Item two, Chair's Report. This is an information item. Great. Uh, colleagues, um, I want to start uh, today by acknowledging uh, and appreciating the work of the interagency DTX portal project team. They've prepared a couple of items that are coming to the TJPA board in August that represent important milestones in governance and funding. This includes the governance blueprint, blueprint document guiding the six-party memorandum of understanding successor agreement, which lays out how all agencies will work together through the funding and implementation phase of the project. And um, the TJPA will consider approving the federal funding application to the Federal Transit Administration's New Starts program and seeking a positive rating for inclusion in the White House budget next year. There's still a lot of work ahead, including filling out the project's local match with our partners at the state and region, but I want to recognize the significance of this accomplishment by the TJPA, Caltrain, and our Transportation Authority, especially the efforts of our agency leads, our rail program manager, Jesse Kaler, and of course, our executive director, Tilly Chang, working in partnership with city staff, MTC, and the High Speed Rail Authority. This integrated team approach uh, was the outcome of the peer review of this project three years ago, adopted by this body under then Transportation Authority Chair Aaron Peskin. The approach to cooperate regionally to bolster capacity, improve coordination, and manage risk has yielded good results so far. Mega projects are challenging everywhere, and we want to continue to apply lessons learned locally and beyond to this project and others for San Francisco which is why I'm pleased to see and looking forward to our transportation project delivery study on today's agenda. As we implement our Prop L transportation sales tax program and seek to leverage historic levels of federal and state infrastructure funding, it's important that we improve our city's project delivery capability using principles and models that came before. Looking ahead, I am cautiously hopeful that we're on the right track to improve project delivery and want to thank everybody for their work and collaboration. Um, and that concludes my remarks. And if there are no questions or comments from colleagues, uh, if anyone in the chamber wants to speak on item two, please come forward. And 
seeing, uh, I don't think, I don't think Director Shang is going to do public comment. So um, if there are, is anyone uh, remote who wants to speak on the chair's report, let's hear from them. Checking for a remote public comment. Chair, there is no public comment. All right, public comments on item two is closed. Mr. Clerk, will you please call our next item? Item three, executive director's report. This is an information item. Director Good morning, Chen. Chair Mendelman and commissioners. Uh, this morning I'm pleased to start my report with an update from the state level. The California Transportation Commission has approved $5 million in local partnership program incentive funds for San Francisco um, at its June 2023 meeting. Uh, this is uh, incentive funding to reward San Francisco for passing uh, Prop L last fall, so thank you to this body and to our voters. Uh, they are one-time funds and will be supplementing uh, formula funds and, uh, that we'll be receiving from the LPP program in the amount of $3.44 million. So that's about $8 million worth of LPP funding. We will be bringing uh, some rep uh, local project priorities to you later this fiscal year to program those funds. Uh, at the state level as well, there was, as part of the transportation trailer bill that the governor signed earlier this month, um, a provision I wanted to update you on that is to reduce costs for project delivery uh, that are done in coordination with Caltrans. So Senate Bill 125, which was sponsored by the Self-Help Counties Coalition, which I chair, uh, caps Caltrans indirect cost recovery rate to 10% of projects. And this recognizes the partnership between Caltrans and county sales tax agencies, uh, such as ours leading projects, such as what we're doing on Yerba Buena Island. So thank you to the self-help counties and Caltrans and the governor and legislature for that, uh, that helpful um, bill. Uh, next. We were pleased last week to help host the autonomous, a major autonomous vehicle conference here in San Francisco. Uh, we had thousands of folks from all over the world coming uh, to talk about uh, AVs and uh, in that we're the sort of the epicenter of real world deployment. A lot of folks were able to actually take a ride and as well as discuss all the policy and technical issues around this, this topic. Uh, TA staff, um, as well as SFMTA staff, participated in a number of venues speaking uh, on issues such as the readiness, the readiness of, uh, of these technologies for uh, expansion and, and deployment, as well as how the federal, state, and local uh, regulatory framework can be better harmonized to support the, this uh, this type of activity. Our staff also presented on the Treasure Island Autonomous Vehicle Shuttle pilot project, um, and we're really pleased that that will be starting in early August. It's expected to uh, begin service in the next couple of weeks uh, with our Tima Chair, Chair Dorsey, coming. So we'll make that announcement momentarily, or very imminently, uh, on the exact date, uh, but we do expect it to be in early August. As well, I just wanted to note that during the conference, the CPUC, the California Public Utilities Commission, did uh, uh, delay the hearing uh, to consider approval of uh, the Cruz and Waymo's expansion permits until August 10th, and this had been uh, previously also scheduled in July. So the date does uh, continue to move out into August, and we're prepared to, again, participate in that hearing. Uh, finally, uh, as part of that conference, um, within a NHTSA meeting, the National Highway Transportation Safety Agency, uh, I was uh, invited to join, along with SFMTA staff, uh, a United Nations-sponsored working group that is developing technical guidelines for AV manufacturers. So there's just a lot of work with the international community. There are experts from Asia, Europe, and the Americas gathered at Google's offices in Mountain View. Uh, we were able to have many side meetings, uh, not only to discuss the functional uh, specifications for these types of vehicles, uh, but really the reasons for and the need for the whys for how uh, we need some of these features to be on, on board the vehicles to promote uh, data collection and evaluation of system performance in particular. Uh, next, I'll just note that uh, locally, we have a, a number of SFMTA updates. As you may have seen in the news, SFMTA has uh, approved a contract uh, with a company that installs red light cameras throughout the city, and um, that program will be expanded by eight additional locations in districts two, five, and six, and uh, the contract will be extended to, by five years to 2028. Uh, knowing that this is a, a, a topic of high interest among the board, I just wanted to note that these cameras do enforce 19 approaches at 13 intersections today, and then once uh, this expansion occurs, we will have the total of 27 approaches at 21 intersections. 
Um, MTA does say that these cameras have resulted in a 66% drop in injury collisions resulting from red light running uh, in the five years between, or sorry, the 15 years between 1997 and 2022. Excuse me, is that 22? No. 25 years, sorry. Also, um, SFMTA has noted that they are offering and continue to uh, conduct bike rides with the community in all of the districts around the city. Uh, there's a, ho a series of these bike rides in support of the active communities plan um, process. Uh, there have been rides in districts one, two, and four over the past few weeks, uh, with two more rides coming up in districts five and uh, seven and 11. The district five will happen at Turk and Fillmore Friday at 2 p.m. And in the OMI, District 7 and 11 on August 5th at 11.30 at Temple United Methodist Church. Everyone is encouraged, invited to participate uh, and let SFMTA know, your, SFMTA know your priorities for the Active Communities Plan. Uh, more information at their website, sfmta.com slash project slash Active Communities Plan. Turning to project delivery, I'm happy to uh, look forward to joining Caltrain leaders and community members at San Jose Diridon Station this weekend uh, to tour Caltrain's new modern electric train sets that have finally arrived and there will be a wonderful public event to celebrate and, and test them out, check them out. Uh, the TA has provided four, $41 million in Prop K and One Bay Area grant funds to support Caltrain electrification, including these new train sets. Uh, the event will be Saturday, July 29th from 10 to 2 p.m., where the public will be again be able to see and board the new vehicles, which feature more spacious interiors, dedicated Wi-Fi and plugs, upgraded communications, and baby-changing stations in the bathrooms. In addition, the new electric fleet will be quieter, less polluting, and capable of faster acceleration and deceleration, promoting more stops along the corridor. RSVPs are recommended. Please visit caltrain.com slash electric train tour for more information. Uh, again, some project delivery updates. SFMTA is, has been making good progress on a few pr projects, one in, in District 8 at Elk and Sussex Streets. Uh, they are wrapping up construction of the neighborhood program funded intersection improvements. Uh, this project includes four new curb ramps, widened sidewalks and bulb outs, a new marked crosswalk and flashing beacons to improve safety and accessibility for folks crossing the street. Um, and that's great, it's really near, near the, the um, park and community center there. As well, quick builds are making progress. Uh, the Lake Merced quick build and Bayshore Boulevard quick build projects are both preparing to enter construction. Um, and last month, the Hyde Street and 17th Street quick build projects held uh, open houses to present design proposals. Um, these are all funded by, by Prop K and TNC's uh, tax funds. As well, on Valencia, there's been activation of bag signals at the intersections with 15th and 23rd Streets. Uh, with a number of other supporting improvements, and we will look forward to updates on all of these projects in the next few months. Turning now to some updates uh, in our office, we were really pleased to host three summer high school interns from San Francisco schools. Uh, this summer we've uh, been enjoying Tony Liu, a rising senior at George Washington High School, Gabriela Trujillo-Diaz as a rising senior at Bay, as Bay School, and Anthony Irias, uh, a graduate of Lowell High School. So thanks to them for their uh, work this summer with our staff, and they're currently researching a group project focused on improving bus stop and transit safety, uh, conducting surveys um, and outreach, as well as developing potential solutions. So thank you uh, to Cynthia and um, uh, Cynthia Fong and Eric uh, Young of our team and their staff for running that program for us. Enterprise uh, Resource Planning System Migration is my last update, and this is an internal project as well that Cynthia's managing. Uh, it's been going very well. This is so that we can update our whole ERP, so-called system, uh, which is business management software, allowing us to manage all facets of financial management, accounting, and operational oversight. Um, and this is a, a once in a 10 year process, so it's a big effort, and want to appreciate the whole team, including Cynthia, uh, staff, Javier Altamariano, Ron Leung, Henry Pan, Christy Tao, Amelia Wally, and Lily Yu. Thank you so much. Thank you, Director Chang. Um, let's see if there's any public comment in the chamber on the executive director's report. Mm -hmm. 
Good morning. The executive director missed the point. Looking down is not going to work, guys. Looking down is looking towards... Uh, looking up looks towards beauty, so we have to stop. The executive director missed what I said. I told the mayor, mayor, you have to push the concept of responsibility and critical thinking. Where is this in the executive director's reports? I don't hear it. So the bus have to wear, be responsible, not mask advised. Because you can't use critical thinking with a mask on. It doesn't work. You have to. So again, you can look down, but it's not going to work. I guarantee you it's not going to work because I'm here. I told you, you are with me to change the course of humanity. This includes transportation. It's in San Francisco. Um, it's not a joke. Huh? You don't understand. You can't fight it. I said we use responsibility. Yes, we use. The key is happiness for everybody. So, <clears throat> hello. You won't stop it. Nobody is going to stop it. So please don't waste any time. Everybody's going to pay. Huh? The more you mess, you make time wasted, the more you're going to pay. It's going to be proportional to what you did or didn't do. Uh, please pay attention. You pay attention here. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, seeing no further public comment in the chamber, let's see if we have any remote public comment on item three. Checking for remote public comment. A reminder that if you'd like to make public comment, please press star three. Okay, we do have public comment. Hi, caller. Your two uh, minutes begins now. Thank you. Um, I just want to thank you all for um, getting more cameras um, on our streets. I hope to see even more in the coming years. Uh, thank you for all that you do. That's all. Thank you, caller. There is no additional public comment. All right, public comment on item three is closed. Uh, thank you, Executive Director Chang. And Mr. Clerk, please call item four. Item four, approve the minutes of the July 11th, 2023 meeting. This is an action item. All right, let's see if there's any public comment on the minutes. Item four in the chamber, seeing none, let's see if we have remote public comment on the minutes. There is no public comment. Public comment on item four is closed. Is there a motion to approve the minutes? Moved by Preston, is there a second? Seconded by uh, Walton. Uh, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Commissioner Chen? Aye. Chen, aye. Commissioner Dorsey? Aye. Dorsey, aye. Commissioner Guardio? Aye. Guardio, aye. Chair Middleman? Aye. Middleman, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Aye. Ronan, aye. Commissioner Stephanie? Stephanie, I, and Commissioner Walton. Walton, I, there are nine eyes. The minutes are approved. Great. Uh, thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, please call our, please call item five. Um, items five through nine nope, comprise. just item five. Oh, excuse me. Apologies. Uh, item five, final approval, state and federal legislation update. This is an action item. All right. Uh, thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, is there a motion to approve item five? Moved by Dorsey. Is there a second? S I will second it. Um, Mr. Clerk, could you please call the roll on item five? Do we have to take public comment since we called this off the consent agenda, nope. Council? No? Okay. Thank you. Um, on item five, Commissioner Chan? No. Chan, no. Commissioner Dorsey? Dorsey, aye. Commissioner Engardio? Engardio, aye. Commissioner Chair Manuel? Aye. Chair Manuel, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Ronan, aye. Uh, Commissioner Safai, absent. Commissioner Stephanie? Aye. Stephanie, aye. Commissioner Walton? Aye. Walton, aye. There are nine ayes. The item is approved. All right. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Please call the remainder of the consent agenda. Um, item six through nine comprise the consent agenda. Staff is not planning to present on these items, but is available for questions. Also, we have received multiple public comments, which have been posted through our website. 
Oh, Commissioner Peskin, you are correct. There are eight eyes with Commissioner Chan dissenting. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Peskin and, um, and Mr. Clerk. And now, uh, please, please call, oh, you have called six through nine, right? Correct. Okay, and we did a motion to approve six through nine. Moved by Dorsey, is there a second? Seconded by Preston. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Preston. Uh, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. On item 69, Commissioner Chen. Chen, aye. Commissioner Dorsey. Dorsey, aye. Commissioner Guardio. Aye. Guardio, aye. Chen Menemann. Aye. Menemann, aye. Commissioner Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston. Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan. Ronan, aye. Commissioner Safai, absent. Commissioner Stephanie. Aye. Stephanie, aye. Commissioner Walton. Well, I, there are nine eyes on the consent agenda. The consent agenda is approved. Item six through nine. <laughs> item six through nine. Yep. Yes, thank you. Uh, Mr. Clerk, uh, please call item 10. Item 10, accept the transportation capital projects delivery study. This is an action item. Okay. Um, in recent months, this body sitting as the Board of Supervisors has taken important steps toward improving capital project delivery. In April, the Board adopted a civil grand jury recommendation to ensure the biggest construction projects don't go to less technically qualified bidders solely because they offer the lowest bid. And in the same month, we took an essential step to improve city contracting processes when we repealed the 12X boycott of 30 U.S. states, lowering procurement costs by up to 20% and saving taxpayers potentially hundreds of millions of dollars each year. Our work to deliver major infrastructure projects on time and on budget continues. Today's report also comes at a critical moment as we begin to implement our Prop L transportation sales tax program and seek to leverage historic levels of federal and state infrastructure funding. So I am eager for this body to dig into recommendations from staff and the next steps the administration and this board take um, to, to get future big transit projects done uh, right. Um, I want to thank uh, Commissioner Peskin for uh, his leadership in calling for this work, as well as the mayor's office and all uh, city department directors and their staffs for participating. I want to thank our prior, prior deputy for capital projects, Eric Cordoba, who um, led the effort for the Transportation Authority, which is now being overseen by Carl Holmes. Um, and with that, Deputy Director Holmes. Take it away. Thank you, Chairman Andelman. Um, Carl Holmes, uh, Deputy Director, Capital Projects. And um, uh, I also want to uh, echo Chairman Andelman's uh, acknowledgement of Eric Cordoba, the, my predecessor, uh, Deputy Director of Capital Projects, who led this effort, uh, as well as the current Assistant Deputy Director, uh, Yana Waldman, who also was instrumental in the process. Um, I. I take this um, presentation um, with great joy, uh, even though I wasn't part of the effort in, in getting it to this point, but it's something that's near and dear to my heart uh, with almost 30 years of experience in uh, capital projects, either in delivery uh, on the contractor side or delivery on the owner side or uh, in the oversight uh, realm as well. Uh, at this point, if we could uh, share the presentation and if we can go to the uh, next slide. Um, so the, um, the purpose of this presentation is to uh, share uh, what was uh, learned in the effort as well as what we want to focus on uh, going forward. Uh, and so it's to identify the lessons learned on and, and develop the recommendations uh, for this body and for the public and for the other uh, San Francisco departments uh, that can help projects improve uh, on, in being on time, on budget, and of high quality. Uh, the other point, which can't emphasize enough, is to uh, make sure that, that we, as a collective uh, San Francisco body, can strive for, um, uh, strive for the private sector wanting to bid on our work, wanting to, to do business in San Francisco, whether it's a project with SFCTA or if it's a project with Public Works or MTA, it, it's wanting to do business uh, in San Francisco. Uh, what we've heard uh, and what the, the group has had heard over time is that, uh, and this is talking directly with contractors, is that they 
they put a, a, at least a 10% premium on their bids when they do business in San Francisco. And so that's something that we should not take lightly uh, in regards to trying to find ways to not only harness that competitive spirit in, in getting contractors to bid on our work, but also uh, with that competitive spirit will allow for the, the price uh, pressure to uh, be reduced. Uh, next slide. The objectives um, in this effort were to uncover barriers of efficient capital project delivery, um, identify process and policy improvement opportunities, uh, increase communication and collaboration between project partners and the public, and improve measurement and accountability. Um, now this was focused on um, large projects, complex projects, um, or high-risk projects. It's not every project, um, but it's looking at some of the, the projects that uh, likely get a lot of exposure uh, either amongst our for, uh, various city departments or in the media or in the capital project uh, engineering construction industry. Next slide. So we couldn't do this alone. It, it took um, multiple agencies, organizations, um, groups in order to, to make this happen, making this happen meaning coming up with a collective study uh, and recommendations and findings. Um, and so I wanna thank all of the organizations that are listed uh, ranging from this board, the mayor's office, city administrator's office, all the way down to um, uh, public works, uh, MTA, and uh, PUC. Um, there were two groups that were uh, uh, part of this effort amongst all of these organizations. There was a, a leadership or executive uh, roundtable, uh, which consisted of about 13 individuals um, all throughout these organizations. And then there was a management working group, which consisted of over 21 individuals. So while we can look at the, the organizations that are listed, I wanted to give some highlight on the number of individuals that put time uh, and effort in, in not only giving guidance, but also putting hours and months of effort into uh, uh, getting us to this point. Uh, next slide. So the approach um, started with that executive roundtable kickoff uh, shortly after uh, uh, this board issued the directive. Uh, and then it consisted of multiple um, workshops, surveys. Um, there were three workshops that were highlighted, um, but the, the, the approach was to look at case studies and other projects uh, to try to gather up lessons learned uh, and, and translating that into common themes. Um, there was a capital project survey, uh, and then there was also uh, surveys and third-party interviews uh, amongst the different organizations, but also with uh, certain individuals that might have had positions with the city in the past. Then, after all of that collabora collaboration, um, the effort was translated into recommendations, which uh, you have seen in, in the, uh, it's in the packet and we will provide in our uh, draft report. Next slide. So some of the case studies and initiatives that have occurred in the past, um, uh, you see them on, on the slide. There's four that are highlighted and then there's a couple of others that are um, listed on the slide. One is the Venice Avenue uh, BRT uh, lessons learned and and the focus of that was to look at uh, utility uh, investigations that that are needed in order to uh, make sure that there is good knowledge when uh, unforeseen utilities are encountered and how to handle them uh, in order to reduce the delay costs and then also the risk management overall which is something that cannot be emphasized enough on any project um, risk is is often it's a four-letter word, but it's often um, 
considered to be a fearful four-letter word because if you say risk, people think of it as you're, you're trying to be a naysayer, you're trying to think of a, a, a negative um, perspective on a project. But if you don't identify the risk and, and actively manage it, then when things do go wrong, um, it, the surprise factor uh, usually increases the amount of time it takes to make decisions, which increases the cost of a project. Uh, so risk management, again, cannot be highlighted enough. Uh, the second is the uh, delivering exceptional projects. This was uh, coming out of the San Francisco uh, International Airport. Uh, they focused on trying to uh, utilize the expertise of, of uh, industry experts in the private sector. Um, the SFMTA, Capital Projects, Capital Programs Audit, uh, focused on um, stakeholder collaboration. Uh, and I'll say the same for the San Francisco uh, Partnering Field Guide. Uh, a, a common theme was collaborative partnering as well as team building. Um, the additional um, documents that are, that are listed there, uh, the first related to DTX is uh, the peer review study that actually yielded the result of the current MOU, which uh, Chair Mandelman referenced, uh, which is a collaboration of six agencies, um, and uh, I'll say a little bit more about that later uh, in this presentation. The last two were surveys that were done. Um, one was specifically to contractors, and <clears throat> that's where we heard from them about the 10% premium that they place on, on bids doing business in San Francisco. And then the last is uh, the staff partnering survey, which again brought up the common theme of, of collaboration. Uh, next slide. So key points from uh, the workshop and surveys uh, in our areas of improvement. Um, so there's the hiring of staff, timely hiring of staff, uh, but it's also the retention and training of staff uh, so that we can make sure that projects have the right individuals that are, are leading the projects, that are supporting the projects, um, and that, that uh, training should be continued throughout their, their career at the respective organizations. Um, coordination between stakeholders starting at the pre-construction phase. Um, it's often... Um, uh, you, projects will send out red alerts of needing assistance uh, on, on various project issues from different departments, and it's easy um, to say that you've reached out to a, a certain city department for help, but if you're not allowing that city department to get an advanced look at what the risks are so that they aren't surprised when, when a project issue occurs, uh, you, you, you're increasing the risk of not getting their buy-in and getting the right individuals to help support the projects. Um, so again, having this stakeholder collaboration occur during the pre-construction phase, getting them on board throughout the process so that when construction is starting and you have crews that are on the ground, uh, if a delay should occur, that's when the, the hourly cost of a delay is significant. So if you're able to handle things at the pre-construction phase, it's, uh, it's, you'll find that the, the cost will, will be reduced. Um, we can go to the next slide. So insights from executive leadership. Um, it's not just the individuals that are on the projects, but it's making sure that all of the respective uh, departments uh, hear from their executive directors and leaders that the importance of it uh, so that collectively as as a one city family we can make sure that we're doing the the right thing by for all of our projects to make sure that problems can get solved quickly um, another area of this that I'll highlight on this slide is uh, there was the Loma Prieta uh, waterfront project and that was what happened there is that there was a project office that allowed for a co-location of staff. And so it allowed staff from different departments to be uh, focused on the project and not and less focused on their individual departments, again, for the sake of the project. Um, I do want to highlight that there were two individuals that were um, also interviewed um, in getting executive leadership. One, Ed Harrington, um, the former city controller and CPUC commissioner, as well as 
uh, Rudy Nothenberg, a former city administrator uh, who oversaw that uh, waterfront project. Next slide. Uh, key findings, um, one, streamlining the city department decision-making process, two, provide additional training for project managers, three, expand access to project management tools and software, three, accelerate hiring of needed project staff, um, I'm sorry, four, accelerate hiring of project needed staff, and five, improve collaborative risk identification. Next slide. Our preliminary recommendations, and we have five of them. Uh, one, establish a capital projects management office. <clears throat> strengthen the construction cost estimating process. Invest in right-of-way and utility investigation programs. Expand interdepartmental risk reviews and management. And facilitate structured collaborative partnering. Next slide. So this capital project management office concept, um, some of the key functions are looking at how do we standardize um, our design quality. So looking at a 35% design versus 100% design, making sure that it's clear amongst all the departments what's expected at each phase of design. Um, also enabling those decision um, making, uh, the decision making to happen throughout that, that process uh, so that if we're asking departments to be involved, we want to make sure that, that they are being heard and, and that their comments are being addressed. We also, I'll share some of the uh, a pilot program that, uh, with some key suggested projects uh, for, for the future. Next slide. So the case study uh, project examples um, focused on the DTX, and I mentioned the MOU that was established. Uh, there is also the SFO partnering model, and then Geary phase one. Now, Geary phase one, I understand is a, let's say a smaller project, but there was a lot of good things that happened um, with the Lombard project, 19th Avenue, and uh, uh, Taraval light rail part A. And so there's a lot of good credit that should be at least shared with, with this group uh, it's not just looking at problems, but it's also look at, looking at what went well. Um, and then potential projects for the pilot program are uh, the DTX, even in the project delivery phase. And as you heard from Chair Mandelman, there's an effort to look at the next phase of uh, governing structure for that project, uh, but also better Market Street, and then other future large, complex interdepartmental projects. Next slide. Uh, this is just an example of what consisted of, or what consists today in DTX with the governance structure. Um, so you'll see at the top, um, there are six organizations that are part of this project. TGPA is delivering it. However, it's important that the six uh, departments work together uh, in order to ensure a successful project. Um, I'll go to the bottom of this organizational structure and you'll see that TGPA, of course, is responsible for project development. They're the driver of the project. SFCTA is responsible for the planning and funding coordination. And then we've also have listed other projects to the right that can feed in or um, integrate with the delivery of the DTX project. Next slide. So again, some measures of success um, that we strive for are higher degree of on-time and on-budget project progress, um, if, as well as with good quality. And how do, you, how do you measure good quality from a big picture is making sure that there's no rework um, after uh, facilities are, are improved or constructed. Um, improving the collaboration um, amongst all the departments, but again, something that happens early uh, and that it also has to be managed and continued throughout the, the life of the project. Um, all of that can decrease the number of change orders and the cost of change orders that, that projects experience. Um, and then being more open to uh, sharing out of project risks and, and not only the identification phase, but a continuous management of risks along the way. Um, next slide. 
This concludes um, the presentation, and I'll, and I'll turn it back to Chair Manaman. I will say two things. One, what are we doing right now? Um, even on our Westside Bridges project, with the, which the board approved, we just had a partnering effort uh, this past Friday, and I want to acknowledge uh, the city departments that showed up. So we had San Francisco Public Works, we had San Francisco uh, MTA, and we also had SFPUC. And they didn't just have one individual from each group, they had multiple individuals that showed up. It was an in-person partnering effort that occurred at our office. And so I want to make sure I give a shout out to all of those departments. Um, and I will say that the contractor, um, they were very curious as to how the city departments would work together on this project. So it's not just what's on the slide, it's as recent as a few days ago, I could witness that the contractor was paying attention to how are we going to all work together. Uh, and so at least we can model that they're at the table along with us, and we look forward to continuing work with them on that project and others. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Director Holmes. Um, Commissioner Chan. Thank you, Chair Mandelman. I think my question is, when you suggest in your recommendation, I, I actually have a series of questions, but I'm going to start off with this. When you suggest that one of your recommendations is actually have the Capital Project Management Office, uh, could you just elaborate? Because current structure as a city, um, other than transportation projects, generally speaking, capital improvement project, um, especially larger scales, um, typically they would then go through the Department of Public Works and they go through sort of this uh, cost estimates for the scope of work and determination of contingency and budget. Um, and so are you saying that um, we should have a different direction and actually establish a new capital project management office and instead of the existing model? Or are you saying that within the existing structure that we have as a city that we should clarifying that we have a capital project management office? I would say it's more of the clarifying. Um, and it's, it can be useful when different departments are trying to solve a problem on any given project. Um, so for example, if it's an SFCTA project and we find a utility that we can't understand uh, what it is, it wasn't shown on the drawings, it was not on any as-builts, no one knows what it is, how do we make sure we can reach out to whether it's SFPUC or if it's uh, SF Public Works uh, or if it's an MTA line? So making sure that we understand um, not only who to go to, but if a decision needs to be made on what to do with that utility, um, then we need to, uh, and there's a disagreement, in a decision, we need to have a body that can oversee that process. And that's, that's what our recommendation is. So I would say it's more of a clarifying. It's not to take projects away from uh, different departments, but it's to allow for a smoother uh, collaborative effort with projects as they are delivered. Um, and then I think one of your recommendations, which I agree, it's to strengthen the construction cost estimate process. I think the challenge right now, and, and as a policymaker, not so much of as a person who actually have been doing this for three decades and really uh, immerse in the construction process, I think for us, oftentimes that we have staff come to before us and now is uh, the amendments of an existing contract because either the scope of work have changed or however way, whatever it is that has changed. And it's really often time we, we're put in a position, we do not have the subject expertise, but we're put in a position to make those decisions. Uh, and we want to ask those questions, um, but oftentimes it seems like it's difficult to determine a few things. One is um, the scope of work that was, you know, determined originally, uh, and then why isn't at that time, like how do we make sure that in the co construction cost estimate process that they actually have a clear decision-making process that is also not only objective, but with oversight and accountability and transparency between contingency budget and along the way change orders. I think oftentimes that is my question. If we are understand, if we actually have a clear scope of project and we know what it is about, um, I understand that you know the, the bidding process in San Francisco with the lowest bid, uh, it makes it 
a lot more difficult. And it seems like we create a loophole for change orders to come in along the way. And we sort of like hurt ourselves along the way with our budget. And so therefore our, our, our project cannot be on budget. But again, the question that I have is with, through, your, through your evaluation and your recommendation, how do we make sure that we are clear with uh, putting together a percentage of contingency budget as well as, because I, I think we could and we should anticipate change orders. I'm not saying that we cannot have any change orders, but how do we differentiate between a reasonable um, cost estimates for contingency budget and reasonable change orders versus this is a moment I know as a policymaker we should really say no and figure out where, where do we go wrong and where does accountability actually comes in. Okay, so I'll um, attempt to answer and feel free if I missed something. So in regards to um, estimating the, it's, and, and change orders, uh, and as you mentioned, change orders are going to happen on projects. So it's about how do you manage it to where you get the most bang for your buck. So you're, you're getting the work that is necessary to complete the project done, but you're also getting it at a fair price. And so that's where it's important to make sure that the independent estimate that's done by the owner is reliable so that that estimate is used as oftentimes a negotiating tool to, to try to reduce uh, the price of, of the actual work. Um, when both sides are at odds or, or really far apart on numbers, sometimes you just have to get the work done and track it on an hourly basis. And, and that way you're holding the contractor accountable for, for what is the true cost of the work. Um, because you don't want to have a debate, a math debate, on what is the value of, of an effort if it's going to cost more to not do the work later. So you might as well do the work. But if you have a way to, to manage it, it's using the estimates. And sometimes it's having not just one estimate, but it's a second estimate uh, to help triangulate the cost. Um, the way the market is today, um, I, I have found that some estimators are quick to say, oh, it's going to cost this much more because as an estimator, that person also is being held accountable. And so if, if the person's providing an estimate and they're way off, um, the next estimate is going to be much higher because they don't want to be looked upon as you don't know how to estimate a project that's real uh, or a, a scope of work that's real. So we have to try to put that pressure back on the estimator to not just have your next estimate be much higher because you don't want to have the scrutiny, but give your best estimate. But a second estimate can also be good to help triangulate. And that's something that is, I think, a good practice that uh, agencies and organizations are starting to do. That cost of a, of a second estimate is minimal compared to the value of the work. And I'm going to ask a very... It looks like Director Chang is jumping out of her seat, so. I just add to um, Carl's excellent answer there, Commissioner Chan. I think that um, it refers back to even some of the questions you'd asked earlier about the CPMO office. I think the practices that Carl's mentioning are exactly right, and the idea of a CPMO, a, a coordinated project management office, is to standardize that practice because some agencies are doing it you know uh, um, on the regular others are just now starting to experiment with these types of new project delivery mechanisms um, that can be the use of an independent cost estimator that can be uh, the use of a, a change management board so when there's a claim of a certain size maybe it's a peer review really of all the different um, organizations that might have decision rights and that what we saw that in electrification we implemented that for electrification it's actually also in the governance report for the DTX, uh, where there's actually a side body of senior technical people who are empowered to review um, changes, claims, what have you, of a certain size and of a certain threshold before it even goes to the board. So you have lots of different tools and mechanisms that are starting to be utilized because everybody struggles with the same problems. Nobody's immune to risk. Uh, but the question is how do you manage it and how do you bring peer review, how do you bring independent cost estimation and those types of standard practices so that it's not just one agency versus another, but when you have three working on the same project that they all have a common base for the practice. 
I understand. I mean, I think that previously the controller's office already actually issued the report. This is specifically about SFMTA in terms of their management of capital project. That's actually give a very specific threshold of $100 million or more. And then we actually start to see a breakdown and cracks uh, in terms of the construction met contract management. When it's a, over $100 million for SFMTA in the city and County on San Francisco specifically, then we see that there's problems like arise with how do you manage those construction projects. And I think that also kind of goes back to um, trying to, again, understand the recommendation of this capital management's office. Again, the Department of Public Works has been functioning uh, in that role for the city and county of San Francisco for quite some time. In fact, it is almost a standard. If you ever have work on capital projects in San Francisco, you will actually know that um, the, the Public Works always tell you that if you come up and, and they assist you through that process of cost estimates for your whole budget, both soft cost and hard cost, and then they would say e either one that you should put in about only 10% of contingency uh, for, for each. But what we have found consistently, maybe the design works um, for, with the 10% contingency works. But time and time again, what uh, when we see that project that are over a certain threshold, the 10% contingency doesn't hold, and that becomes problematic with change orders and many other things to follow. So I just wanted to help me understand just about these recommendations, which I appreciate. I think that this is, for, for once, I, I really help uh, all of us, especially who do not do this uh, day in and day out, to actually understand when, when these decisions, especially contracts coming before us and that we have to vote on it and the questions that we actually need to ask and understand. But at this moment, I, I, I just, you know, just kind of wanted to see how it actually does play out, uh, especially when it comes to the cost estimates and versus contingency and versus change orders down the road, but um, thank you. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Chan, and um, thank you again, Director Holmes. Um, as, as you indicated, this, uh, this report adds to a rich literature um, that has been uh, prepared over uh, years addressing a problem that remains. I am grateful for the work of everyone who participated in this effort. Um, I think we have been keenly aware on the Transportation Authority side as we've thought about this that really um, in some ways the executive is going to have to um, grapple with some of these issues and, um, uh, and I am hopeful that they will be doing that um, and anticipate that they um, you know, will be um, announcing something soon, perhaps as early as today, um, to try and um, uh, build on this work and think about whether there are um, ways to address this problem of San Francisco having this incredibly kind of um, scattered and siloed uh, set of entities and agencies and departments that share responsibility, don't always coordinate well, and um, end up uh, sometimes with projects um, that come very late and are very ex much more expensive than folks anticipated. So um, thanks to the TA again for your work, to everyone who participated, um, and we should open this up to public comment. If there's anyone in the chamber who would like to speak on this item, come on up. I'm sorry, okay, so, but you can solve this problem. It's easy because it's based on something that's wrong, guys. Come on. You can solve this problem like that. So it keeps getting too complicated. It's too complicated. The roots of the thing is wrong. It's not working for everybody's happiness. So it makes it complicated for nothing. It's a waste of time. I know you don't want to pay attention. It's crazy. But you're going to have to. <laughs> because there is no way around. So you guys are responsible. Otherwise, okay, you are working against your own happiness and you'll be asked to stay away because people don't need you then because you are supposed to be responsible for the people. So please, it's very easy to understand what's complicated. I think your problem is that uh, you underestimate your ability to understand what uh, happiness or beauty is. It's crazy. You are working against your own happiness. No, it's not going to work. It's easy to understand this. <laughs>
Thank you. Let's see if we have any remote public comment. Checking for remote public comment. Uh, let's go to the first caller. Hello, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Um, good morning, uh, Commissioners Roland Brand, San Jose. Um, I would also like to associate myself with uh, Commissioner uh, Chant's com um, concerns about the uh, contingency. And first of all, share some good news uh, with you is that, um, as I recall it, the conting contingency right now for the DTX is at 30%, uh, not 10%. And uh, let me close up with um, lessons learned from the uh, high-speed rail authorities uh, budget. Um, the current budget is at, uh, was $20 billion with 20% contingency of um, $4 billion. And what happened is that even though the reports were available, people were not monitoring the amount of contingency that was being burned as the project was progressing. And once the project reached the $10 billion mark, they had completely exhausted the $4 billion contingency. It was gone. In other words, they were running at double the rate of contingency. They were running at 40% and nobody noticed it. And that's my remark. We have got to make sure as we move forward that we do not exceed the 30% contingency on the DTM. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Hello, caller. Your two minutes begins now. First and foremost, your supervisors have not uh, mentioned quality control. So you all need an orientation. So before you ask somebody some uh, stupid questions on how you're going to control the spending, you have to have an orientation on quality control. On all our projects in the city, we do not have quality control. So you've got to continue to have buffoons doing the construction. We, the, 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 people do not, the people who are qualified do not want to work for the city. And the supervisors also play a role in this nonsense, including the mayor. We just have to reflect on why we got rid of Ed Raskin. And I can go deep into this problem. So stop this buffoonery. We need quality control experts to give you all an orientation on every level. Thank you very much. Thank you, caller. There is no additional public comment. All right, public comment on item 10 is closed. Is there a motion? Oh, um, I have been asked to excuse uh, Supervisor Safai from the remainder of the meeting, which I am happy to do. Is there a motion to approve item 10? Um, moved by Ronan, seconded by Dorsey, uh, and I think we can take that same house, same call, uh, without objection. Uh, Mr. Clerk, please call uh, item 11. Item 11, introduction of new items. This is an information item. I don't see anyone on the roster. Mr. Clerk, please call item 12. Item 12, public comment. Um, this is uh, the part of the agenda where we take public comment on a general public comment. Okay. Going to the nope. first caller. Hold, hold up, we, gotta, we have an in-person. Oh. Yep. Okay, so this is my last one for this afternoon. I think I'm going to repeat this again. What I just said earlier, please, I think it's very important. Do not, please, do not underestimate your ability to understand not only what, you know, the aspiration for beauty, Joel. I spoke about it. Because you are putting your happiness at stake. I'm very serious. So basically, you are working for your unhappiness. But it means that you lose your reason for being. 
altogether. Because happiness is your reason for being. So if you are responsible here, you hold a position in the city to be responsible for others as well. So understand, you have to connect the dots. If you, you can be happy, you can't make your, what do you call it, the people you are responsible for happy. It doesn't work. We have to stop this. It's going to be okay. Don't worry. I've been put in charge. It's not pretentious here. Okay, so you have to understand. Please, you understand. Do not underestimate your ability to understand beauty and happiness for everybody. So, for example, in the buses, MTA, you don't say harassment is unacceptable. No, because this is already harassment. There is no harassment here. This is so, because it leads to ugliness. Okay, you look up, not down, like on your smartphone. This works against your happiness to smartphones. It's very easy to understand, technology generally speaking. I hope you pay attention because it's not going to be good for you otherwise. I'm with you. Please understand me. We are together. We have to unite. Thank you. Let's see if we have any remote public comment under item 12. We do. Going to the first caller. Hi, caller. Um, Your two minutes begins now. Uh, thank you, Chair Mandel and Commissioners Roland Roman. Um, it's a quick ask through the Chair. I'm wondering if it would be possible for um, a remote caller, such as myself, uh, to be given the gentle uh, tooth at the 130, uh, 1 minute 30 seconds or 30 minutes, sorry, 30 seconds before your time is up so that we know that uh, it's time to wrap up. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Hello, hello, caller. Your two minutes begins now. So, all of you present in the chambers, I want you all to do your homework on how the money was spent in the last three years. We got a lot of money from the stimulus money that you wasted. So now we are in dire straits. And in San Francisco, we also got a lot of help from Google and other corporations to help our students. And we took that for granted. Your supervisors have done nothing in doing a needs assessment so that y'all can compare what really happened when we had a lot of money and how y'all wasted it, not only on transportation, but on health and other areas. And we are going to be in dire straits in another six months. And we have no solutions. And we have no solutions because y'all are not educated on issues. I've been saying this for the last 30 years. Stop hoodwinking us in broad daylight. Do your homework. Even as I'm talking, that Connie Chang is talking to somebody else. That's the type of attitude your jackasses have. Public comment is subtle sense. We got only two minutes. And, and y'all are having sidebar conversations. Thank you, Paula. Hi, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Hi, this is Patricia Eric. I'm a senior and disabled, and I've arranged for extra time because I can't come to the chamber. I want to talk about reducing fossil fuels. <clears throat> Today, you approved rebates for taxi drivers uh, who get into electric vehicles. I'm asking that you consider doing that for low-income drivers of private cars. Um, they should also be able to qualify for rebates, and I'm asking you to put in more charging stations. Uh, there's a deep well of resentment among workers and commuters and elders and disabled that you're spending so much money on bike, bike riders, which are 
3% of the uh, population. Last year in 2022, SFMPA requested $357,000 for bike racks. Then they tacked on another half a million dollars and the total was $857,000 in 2022. Today, you just authorized another 423,000. So in uh, 22 and 23, you have spent $1,280,000 on bike racks. Um, I think there should be a financial audit of SFMPA. And I think that you should have a multi-pronged approach towards climate change and reducing fossil fuels and help out people getting into electric vehicles who can't ride a bike to work. So uh, I'm asking for two things, that you consider using clean air funds for electric vehicles and charging stations and also for a financial audit of SFMTA. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, caller. There is no additional public comment. Public comment on item 12 is closed. Mr. Clerk, could you please call item 13? Item 13, adjournment. We are adjourned.